and welcome back to Opening Doors, a musical theater podcast where we engage with musical theater creators and enthusiasts. My name is Meredith Shedden. I'm your host, and today I'm joined again by my producer, Jim Shedden, my dad as well. <laughs> and our guest today is Evan Buing. Hi, Evan. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> 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 I was like going into the bio. Um, so Evan is a Canadian actor. He's been uh, featured in Mervis shows, Stratford shows, small Canadian musicals, bigger musicals, everything in between. Um, and Evan just finished a big, long, fun run in uh, Guys and Dolls as Sky Masterson mm-hmm. um, at Stratford. Um, so do you want to talk a bit about that experience just to get the ball rolling? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> guys and dolls. Um, it's interesting because I, when I went in and auditioned for guys and dolls, I said to the director, Donna Fior, who was awesome. I, I looked at her and I said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing yeah. this show? And she was like, well, I have some ideas about how to update it. I was like, yeah, okay. And, and she did. And but I, I thought to myself before going in, I was like, you know, Hamilton sort of changed the game. Each 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 sort of uh, incarnation of, of uh, new musicals in New York sort of changes the game, but Hamilton really changed the game. And I think um, in terms of sexual politics, Guys and Dolls is so antiquated and so outdated. <laughs> I was terrified of it. And, uh, and, and well, I'm still, coming out of Carousel as well, probably. Absolutely. Maybe you, and we can talk about, more about that later. But. Yeah. Thankfully, I was the bad guy in Carousel. So yeah. <laughs> it didn't really matter. But, uh, um, but, you know, I had a great time. It was really, it was great to have a, a female leader on the show, to have a female director, to have her perspective. And, we butted heads a number of times where I was like, no, Sky has to be this guy, you know, kind of this guy. And she was like, no, 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 he can't be. He needs, we need to mold his journey. Yeah. And uh, not that I didn't have intention to do that, but, you know, it's hard to see that stuff from the inside, perhaps. And it is a dated piece of theater, right? But it's got some great tunes and, and funny dad jokes. You know, well, and I think thing. there's definitely with with Frank Lesser shows. I mean, he's also uh, the composer of How to Succeed in Business, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think there's there's definitely a certain amount of um, self awareness that you can find in it as well. Like, I think that yeah. like to to have written a show that is so um, satirical about about the way the world views women mm-hmm. um, and and relationships. Like, I, I think that there's definitely aspects of that that can be found in Guys and Dolls as well, do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And also a vulnerability in the men that mm-hmm. I think is sometimes forgotten. Like, I, I realized, I don't know, midway through or something, that sort of the most important line for Sky Masterson is when he tells her, my name is Obadiah Masterson. You know, and he kind of lets down his guard and he says, I'm, I'm actually, my name isn't Sky. I'm not that cool. Like, I, I'm just a dude from Colorado and I've been putting on this act, right? So it is, I mean, it's universal and it's it's certainly nothing that we have, that we still don't do in today's society. It's, yeah, so there is a, you know, if you can, if you can find the nuggets of, of truth within the show, then, uh, 
Yeah. Have you seen it on stage before or just in film? Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I'd seen it on stage. I'd seen, uh, you know, for example, the film version, right? Like mm -hmm. Marlon Brando didn't want to do the, the play ending. So mm -hmm. he doesn't join the Salvation Army at the end of the film, mm -hmm. right? Which I think is telling, mm -hmm. perhaps, of Brando. <laughs> you know, I, it's. Uh, kind of like it too, though. It doesn't quite wrap it up in a nice bow. No, abs absolutely. And, I, you know, not to knock Marlon Brando, of course. It was, I think we're. I think it's okay to knock Marlon Brando. Is it okay? <laughs> think he is, it's a, you know, genius. He's and, not yeah, listening. Jerk. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, he was a jerk, and you can and you can tell it in in the film, right? Like there there is there's a real lack of sensitivity, I think, to both of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the two, I think Sinatra and Brando butted heads probably so much that they lost sense of what the, what the story was. You know, and then they added songs for Sinatra because he was jealous that Brando had more. Yeah, it's just like, oh god, like. Sinatra always causes problems in movies, doesn't he? I just ha I know about um, on the town. So, well, no, no, no. Actually, what I hear from uh, about that because here's here's something that I I think I mentioned this in the last episode too. I have a lot of knowledge about Gene Kelly, really? just stored uh, in the back of my mind. I wrote one essay in grade ten about Gene Kelly, just like about his life. Mm -hmm. and why he's an important uh, figure in dance. And um, there's this story about, there's a lot of stories about Gene Kelly being disagreeable with people on set. Oh. Um, like with Frank, because he's not a dancer, but like everyone loved Frank anyway, and he felt like annoyed that he had to like carry this guy around who couldn't really dance. And anyway, oh. that's, that's my little nugget. About that. No case Did you mention the fact that Gene Kelly really got into pantsuits later on in his life in the seventies? What? <laughs> Have you never seen just any like seventies like, pantsuits? Yeah, and some of those like disaster movies or whatever. I, I just remember Gene Kelly in like the seventies with the gray hair and the big oh sideburns and pantsuits. I can picture it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he just those got. Are, those were dark days. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, now it used to be that you could do all kinds of weird, crazy shit in theater and opera and all that, but it would just go away, right? But film never went away. But now it's all recorded. Yeah, it's, it's all true. there. We, we're we're going to see it all. So, so don't wear pantsuits. <laughs> end of story. Well, the guys and dolls, I mean, at the end of the day, the guys and dolls production like that was totally amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love it, warts and all, uh, yeah. anyway. And, and I really only, I only know the film, I've never seen it. Those. That was oh, the first okay. time I saw it on stage. I think. I think that was actually the first time I'd seen it ever. I listened to it. A lot of, most of my musical knowledge. Mm, yeah. I listened to, I've listened to most musicals, but um, seeing it was so cool. Also, because I'm so big on dance. Mm. I was wondering, like, so have you done, what's your dance background like? Like, how much <laughs> dancing have you done before that? Um, not a lot. I mean, I took dance growing up a little bit, and I took it in theater school a little bit, but it was never my it was never my focus. I was never particularly athletic. Um, so, yeah, in terms of in terms of dancing and something like Guys and Dolls, like even even the little bit that I had to do was terrifying. Like I, I, I actually took some uh, lessons before we started the show with uh, Tracy Fly. I took some. Uh, Latin dancing oh, yeah. and uh, learned learned a little bit here and there, which was helpful just to have a couple steps in my head. But like you know, doing a pirouette is terrifying to me. And and some of these some of these guys uh, are doing, especially like Devin, 
I don't know how many he would do, like 12 or something. Yeah. Oh. He would just spin, 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 and stop and grab his hat. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's, a, it's an incredible gift. So, I, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly embarrassed myself. No, you did not. I was astonished <laughs> the whole time. I, I would never, be, I clearly, I had to ask you what your background was. Oh, my background was. I have no idea. I worked hard on this. I had no idea. I also had uh, Bonnie Jordan uh, as my dance partner, and she's crazy good, right? And it was terrifying to dance with someone that good, right? And, I, and I, I'd be like, is it okay? Like, did I hurt you? She's like, no, no. And sometimes she'd punch me in the face when she would pirouette or... She'd smack me upside the head, and not on purpose, but you know, <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah. It's time to do a tap number next, isn't it? <laughs> How hard can it be? Well, I did a chorus line in high school, and we did have to do a little bit of tap. Yeah. And that was terrible. Who did you play? Richie. The Richie, bl- the, the black guy. The one who sings really high? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I played Richie, the black, black guy. guy. Yeah. Was, oh, my you know, gosh. That's I'm jealous. <clears throat> I want to be in a chorus line. That is a great show. It is. It's a great show, and then mediocre or even bad movie. Oh yeah. Well, the movie ruins it for me. That's. But actually, you know what? It doesn't because I saw the movie first, and then I loved it. And then I actually a chorus line was the first when I got into buying like librettos for musicals. Mm. It was the first one I bought um, because I think I wanted to do Val's monologue for an audition. And um, so I was 16 and I was like, this is edgy and cool. (laughs) Um, And uh, I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than the movie. Like the movie dumbs it down to no end. So that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the movie dipped into the 80s, I guess, at that point. It's a whole different... For me, it was the like I it was like the lame all that jazz like because yeah. all that jazz is more yeah. or less the same time and there's a similar yeah. thing going on there and it's like I loved it so much and I thought it was so edgy and then chorus line just like you know I forgot about all that jazz that's a great movie yeah I mean you still have to thank it for I, I have to thank it because I liked the movie before I knew about the show so right. mm. it's not that bad no it's true <laughs> um. So there's, this is something um, that I, I want to try out because the reason I actually got into interviewing is because, do you know Susan Blackwell? Mm-hmm. She has a show on, on YouTube called Side by Side by Susan Blackwell and she okay. interviews people. And um, I, I kind of, I started wanting to do that because of her and she does this thing called 30 Second Life Story. All right. So since we were talking about your high school experience with theater and taking dance classes as a young person. This is an interesting challenge. Okay. You have to tell me your life story in 30 seconds. I've oh got a timer. Gosh. I'll okay. tell you when to start. Okay, ready? <laughs> oh, all right. Three, two, one. Uh, I was born in Brantford, Ontario, and uh, I grew up uh, there and in Hamilton. I really got into theater. I went to theater school. Then I drank a lot and I did a bunch of drugs and I kind of <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. And then I, I got better and uh, I just started working. As soon as I got out of theater school, I was very lucky. I worked all the time because at that time I was a straight male and there wasn't a lot of us in theater. And I'm, and I'm what do they call that? White privilege. Thank you. <laughs> That's the name of your musical. White privilege. Musical of your life, white privilege. Who plays you in the musical of your life? Oh my God. Who plays me? That's terrible. Carrie Elwes. I don't know who that is. 
Oh my god. Is that soda he water? Played, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. He played the Dread Pirate Roberts in uh, <coughs> The Princess Bride. So you do know. Oh, I do know. Yeah. I love Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay. Clearly I don't love Princess Bride as much as I thought I did. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's a fun game. I might introduce that more. I like that one. That's terrible. That's a terrible, <laughs> that's a terrible thing to do to people. I don't even know what came out of my mouth. Well, I had a lot of offensive. fun. <laughs> okay. That's good. Um, Brantford is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's like you and obviously Gretzky and Alexander Grandel, <clears throat> Lauren Harris. Lauren Harris. And sort of Robbie Robertson. <coughs> yeah, sort of Robbie. And Jay Silverheels. Right. So it's, uh, it's, I'm always amazed. And then I just meet people all the time who are from Brantford. Mm-hmm. So Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Hartman. That's right. Yeah. He got killed, right? He did. Yeah. Right. It's very sad. Did you remember your first encounter with theater? Um, my first encounter with theater, I think, was uh, a production of Taming of, the Sh- Taming of the Shrew in the park in Brantford in the summer. Of course, I had no idea what was going on. How old were you? I don't remember, but I was very young. <laughs> but I remember just watching these people having fun and going, wow, that looks like fun. I could do that. And they're dressed up in silly costumes. That looks like fun. I think that was my first experience. And then, first, because this is a musical theater podcast, first encounter with musical theater. What do you think? Huh. First encounter with musical theater. Um, that is tough. I would, I would think maybe Les Mis. Yeah. Um, like the a... recording, or did you see a production of it? Well, actually, I was in, no, actually, before that, I was, I was in a production of Scrooge, the Stingiest Man in Town, in, at the Sanderson Center in Brantford, and I played the Ghost of Christmas Present, and it was, <clears throat> like, Theater Brantford put it on, it was a community theater production, and I was in that, so that was probably, I was very young, I was like a little kid, so that was probably my first experience, but certainly my first show seeing was Les Mis. But any films before that, though? Any films of musicals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shirley Disney. Probably. Shirley Disney, yeah. Like, um, But those were the old Disneys. They weren't terribly... They weren't really musicals at that point. Like The Fox and the Hound. And, oh, yeah. No. no but, some, but some of them were Sherman Brothers, though. Who were... Who are incredible, like an incredible music. But no, they're not yeah. as they're not as uh, self consciously, you know, based on the Broadway musical like yeah. Beauty and the Beast and, and Little Mermaid. But maybe Grease, Grease, probably Grease. That old chestnut. That's a common answer. Yeah. Actually, I've, didn't that come up the other day? I've been talking about Grease a lot recently because I've just found that I realized that I actually, in talking about, um musicals that have been made into films, I actually like the film of Grease better than the stage version. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I, I think that so. it was actually kind of what, I don't know, when you when you adapt something, I always think you should be, like, adding something more to it or, mm-hmm. like, trying to make it good in a different way. And I think that the film of Grease does a really good job of that. They rearrange the songs. They're, like, self-conscious about how silly things were in the 50s and I think the stage version's like Mm -hmm. not it's very earnest to the point where it's like (sighs) uncomfortable Mm -hmm. sometimes 
Uh, but I think I, I also think Greece sends a really terrible message. I think I think. Oh yeah, well, un- unless it's like unless it's show. self-conscious, like we were saying. Um, yeah. That it, yeah. But even the <laughs> film, I mean, it, it, the film had an, it had an influence on me. I've, I've thought about this before. Certainly, John Travolta as Danny Zuko, like that was was so iconic. Right. Where you're like, you want to be Danny you Zuko, be Danny he's Zuko. a really bad person. He's, he's terrible, right? Like, they're in, and what happens at the end is... That is bad, yeah. No, yeah, even like the it, film doesn't fix that. No, and, I, and I, I actually spent years trying to undo, I think, undo the damage that Greece sort of did to me as, as a young man, right? You go, mm, I, I need to be like that guy. And it's, it's, it's a bad, it's, it's not a great influence, but... That's, that's how influential musical theater is. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think we're in. I think we're in a much better place today than we were. Yeah. Even and even a chorus line. I mean, some of it is. <clears throat> they're they're just dated, right? They're of they're of a time. Mm-hmm. People, like hair. When people say they're going to do another production of Hair, I go, oh, I, I don't know that I want to see or need to see or even Rent. You know, it's it's a. I can go on about rent with you. If you want. <laughs> yeah, I've got we, a lot of thoughts about rent. Everywhere we go, we encounter, you know, um, seasons of love. It's yeah. like it's become the memories of, of our time. Yeah. Know, which was the I don't know how to love him of its time. Yeah. Know, something that just. But um, well, I was such a huge fan of Floyd Collins when it came out, and it came out the same year as Rent, mm-hmm. and it was up for the same awards. It came and it out didn't the same year as Rent. Yeah, wow. and it didn't win because Larson, you know. I mean, it's Rent's brilliant, but yeah, he passed away, and I'm not saying that they didn't deserve the awards, but I think Floyd Collins as a piece is much more interesting, and there are some people that are like, it's too, the music's too... uh, I I saw Floyd Collins at Sheridan last year, Mm. actually, and I, there were, I don't know, I feel like I have to see it again. I saw it seven times at Shaw when I worked there. Yeah, I just I I love I love the idea that the sort of allegorical nature of it of a man stuck in a hole, Oof. and 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 what happens around that, you know, and you sort of take that. And, and his final song is so beautiful, and he's asking God, "What's going to happen?" Did that hit I, you right away when you saw it, or was it? Well, it was actually my, my first day of theater school. I went to theater school with Adam Brazier, who now runs uh, the Confederation Center in Prince Edward Island. And the two of us realized very quickly that we were the only two guys in our class that loved musical theater. And so Adam was like, well, and this is the first day of school. He was like, well, you got to listen to this musical I have. And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's called Floyd Collins. I've got a CD. Let's go out to my car. He had one of those like CD players that, that it detaches mm-hmm. from your car. Remember those? You know how to handle it. You can walk around with it. Um, and he played it for me. And I was like, what is this? It was so strange. I'd never heard anything like it. It's strange. Yeah, it is, right? But, you know, since then, like, Adam Gettle's music, to me, is... And I haven't seen or heard it, but I've heard about it. Of course, partly I'm, I'm like, afraid to see it because it's, like, I'm claustrophobe. That's, that was actually one of <laughs> yeah. my, my, my big issues watching the show is I had a hard time sometimes focusing on the show because mm-hmm. I'm claustrophobe, and I, at some point I was just like, oh, he's yeah. not getting out. But that's yeah. like a but, simplified part of it. But Strange like sounds uh, promising to me, whereas uh, I don't like Rent at all. Okay, I, I mean, I acknowledge that obviously it's lots of people do, mm-hmm. and I can see why. Um, yeah. It's just not my thing at all. Um, and uh, I saw it, I guess, when it came to Toronto first, and then uh, Stephen production. I was in Rent. Uh, oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna 
remember to check that out. And also, uh, Myths and Hymns by Adam Gettle mm-hmm. is uh, we we did a we did a version of it years ago. It's a four person show, and it is the music is impossible to learn, and we learned it <laughs> in a week, and it's it's so difficult. And and also, like I'm not the I'm not the kind of singer for that either, really. Um, uh, Jay Magis was in it. You know, Jay Magis is yeah. Oh, you do. You know who he is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a voice of a god, right? Yeah. Like just a beautiful voice. He was in it as well. And so every time he sang, me and Eddie Glenn, Eddie Glenn, who's in pantomime, we would just look at him like, why are we here? What are we here for? <laughs> so and did you um, did you learn music as a, as a kid or did you learn that along the way? Like yeah, I, I did learn. I took piano lessons and I quit, which I regret, but uh, I, ta- I retaught myself when I went to theater school. Um, and I took a lot of singing lessons, <clears throat> which I resented at the time. I, mean, I think I remember telling my mother, Mom, I don't want to be Michael Jackson when I grow up. Oh, my God. Something like that. And, uh, and then I took violin, violin for a couple of days. Um, so you said you didn't want to be Michael Jackson, but then you played Richie in a chorus line. Exactly. So, so it all, yeah. No, I just had an affinity to music, and I, and I can sight read really, really well. Like I just, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that skill. So that, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because when I was, um, I was reading about you before this interview mm-hmm. and, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um, so I was reading and a lot of the articles brought up this thing that was like, you know, an impressive thing about you is that you do classical theater and musical theater because you'll find a lot of people who are just, mm-hmm. um, who are only devoted to plays or only devoted to musicals. And it was like a big point in a lot of um, reviews that you do both. And like, mm-hmm. what's, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I do anything I can. Like, I, I, I like doing voice work too, and I do video games, like, I shoot video games and. Uh, you know, it's, it's the life of an actor. You do whatever you, you can do. And I, I, when I was young, I went to, uh, I was part of the Theatre Aquarius Summer Theatre School as a teenager, which is no longer, well, it's in different form now, but it was run by Lou Zampronia, uh, who, there were so many of us that came out of there. Uh, Nick Cordero, who's on Broadway in the Bronx Tale, Kristen Peace, we were in the same group. And, um and I loved musical theater. And I, I said to Lou, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do. And he was like, go to theater school and learn acting. And you can do musical theater on, uh, as well. I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I auditioned for Sheridan and I got in. And then I went and I auditioned for George Brown. And Peter Wilde was the acting teacher at the time. And we sat in this little black box theater over there on 530 King and Peter Wilde this shocking white hair and a vest and he had a snuff box and he, he said, now look to your left and look to your right. Those people will never work in the theater. And, and I was like, this is where I want to be. I just was like, I don't know whether it was the masochist in me or what, but I, I was like, I want to be here. So I went there and learned classical acting and I had, I don't know, I had an affinity to it as well. Like to just to language and, and, understanding human nature, whether it was just from my own struggles, 
as a person. So uh, I, I always tell whenever I talk to students, like, you know, and when I go to classical schools, I'm like, I, I, I go like, okay, who here does musical theater? And like a couple of people put up their hands. I'm, I'm scared like, to do it. Totally, totally right. Yeah. But I'm like, you guys are the best, right? Because you can, you can do whatever you want. And there's, uh, yeah, if there's a certain musicality to Shakespeare as well, right? Without making it sound musical, you want to make it sound like it's your own language. But within that, there's a, there's a, there's a resonance that you have to pick up. And uh, um, so I, I don't know, I'm fortunate that way. I'm, I'm really lucky. Like I'm really, really lucky to do what I do. Well, I think it's admirable that you don't have, I mean, doesn't seem like you have um, a presupposition that one is better than the other because a lot of the time you'll find within those those schools of thought like people who only do straight theater like think musical theater is like not legit or yeah. the other way around like that you're not doing as much if you do straight theater that you can't you know Absolutely. and I, there's no reason to have an either or no and plus we're doing plays right we're not yeah. nuclear physicists yeah. <laughs> like just a play so it's yeah I don't any of that sort of any of that shit gets in your head as an actor is I, I just think it's nonsense you've got to get it out and just treat everyone with like I, 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 I see young performers and people I see dancers struggle with it when they come to, when they start getting older it's like what do I do now right and, and they want the opportunities that are given but there is a, there can be a, a stereotype um, around musical theater people that is, I think it's unfortunate and frankly offensive. And I would always support people who, and you know, people need the training, you know, give them, give them a shot. <clears throat> yeah, I have an allergy to silos really, you know, I'm always attracted to people who, who kind of sh shock us by, you know, like when Bergenikov came here and, you know, we did ballet, of course, yeah. uh, in, a, in, a, in the biggest way possible. And he kind of threw it away and started his own, you know, modern dance company, you uh -huh. know, uh, doing a completely different kind of repertoire. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and on it goes, or some of the Leonard Bernstein. Well, and right? then he became you know? a, then he became a wonderful film actor. That is true. <laughs> you know, like it's... No, yeah, well, for sure, you know, and, uh, um, and, uh, you know, and all Notice that all the great tap dancers eventually end up on Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think uh, Leonard Bernstein and and on it. Yeah, it's gonna hopefully that um, The air just went on, and we're all kind of sitting here in silence, looking around, like, oh no, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Sorry, it's fine. Kevin. Uh, yeah, you gotta cut all the same. Um, so yeah, so I don't really. Um, we have, we often have discussions about like you know what a musical is or is not, and I'm just like, whatever that is, I'm I'm attracted to people who don't care, right? Yeah. So whether all that jazz, for example, is a musical or not, I don't really care. I'm just attracted to Fosse and, uh, and mm -hmm. all that all that he did, and and the, you know if I had worked harder when I was younger or something, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of look at that and really just admire him, or Twyla Tharp, you know, who was you know you know, totally, you know, considered a figure in the avant-garde. She comes out of that and then eventually does a Billy Joel 
fanciful, and I loved it. And you know? Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. And Spider-Man, <laughs> I didn't see. Um, probably wouldn't have liked, you know, the, the YouTube factor and all that. But but I admire I'm it. I'm so intrigued it. about it. I yeah. just wonder if it was good. Yeah, you know. So that's what, I think that's what we, that's where we get the most juice in life is from, you know, kind of embracing people who jump fences and, you know, avoid fields, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> And then speaking of Spider-Man, the musical, you were in Lord of the Rings, the musical. Yeah, it was. And that was an interesting experience in that I heard it didn't go well. It didn't succeed the way people thought it might. No, no, it was a a nightmare, actually, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Um, Yeah, I played Aragorn. Uh, and I was very excited to get it. You know, everyone had to jump through, literally jump through hoops to, to get a part in the mm-hmm. show. Um, and uh, I just come from the Shaw Festival. We did, did Major Barbara and Journey's End. So I was, you know, I just spent a lot of time holding teacups. And all of a sudden, like the first month was the Battle of Helm's Deep. And... Uh, yeah, it was. It's interesting because it's it's been it was ten years ago, maybe even a bit longer now, um, and I'm still dealing with with the PTSD from from <laughs> oh that experience. Goodness. Yeah, it keeps it keeps coming up every now and then, and it was terrifying. Like I was literally terrified for my life on a daily basis, and that sticks with you. And also even more so is, is, is what I became. I, I sort of like, the, there was a, a large, once, once we were getting gearing up to opening it, like there was no day off anymore. And it was like 12 hour days and there was no time for self care or self regeneration. And, uh, I became a bit of a monster and, uh, in terms of, I, I, I wanted to be useful and helpful. I was, I was so exhausted and so scared to, physically of things being dropped on me or thrown at me or falling off things or, or whatever that it became, uh, it became, it, it, yeah, it was chaos. Wow. So you say we're not doing brain surgery here in theater, but you know, sometimes. Yeah. And that was happening when the films were at the height of their popularity. Yeah, absolutely. Like lots of comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you feel that was the biggest uh, disaster you were part of? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it cost, eventually, I think it cost 50 or $60 million, and they, the investors lost a lot of money off it. Um, they had to close early. I think it did, I think it did better in England mm-hmm. than it did here, and they kept telling us that it was, you know, it belonged in England because that was its spiritual homeland. And we, you know, I, I, I kept... You know, I sort of referred to it as we were like the Newfoundland Regiment in World War One. We were sent over the top to test the machine guns, and uh, and the machine guns worked. So, uh, <coughs> not to be super dramatic, but it really was. I mean, there was there was times I was in I was in Cathernut boots, which were a good half foot half foot taller than myself, to make me taller than the hobbits, and we would go up on a twenty five foot elevator and I would have to jump from elevator to elevator with sword fighting orcs and with these with these wind uh, these these giant fans Um, 
blowing us all over the place. So it was, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a bit scary. Sorry, that was just, the computer made a sound and we're a little distracted. That's um, sorry, that was, that was a ding reminding me ding. To, to shut up. <laughs> no, oh, no, we do that at uh, some, some of our community meetings, right? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, did you shut the sound off in that? Um, I love this computer. I just oh, did it now. Okay. There it is. There, Sorry about that. I, I had shut it off and I... It's okay. You know what? It's imperfect. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> like lots of theater. It's imperfect. Um, so that was a flop and then, but you were also in We Will Rock You for mm -hmm. years. No, just one year. One year. Yeah. I've been told it was years. It's not years. Well, it, it was, ran for years. It ran for years and I misread an article. Mm. I thought you were in for a year, for five, and then three, and then one. Mm. So I guess one. One year. One a year, year still. <laughs> yeah. Still doing that, yeah. And what was that like? Uh, it was great. I had uh, The greatest night of my life was when Queen came and they played with us, and I was standing back-to-back -back with Brian May doing air guitar, singing <laughs> uh, uh, The Show Must Go On. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were lovely, lovely men, Brian May and Roger Taylor, Ben Elton. Mm. And I remember coming downstairs once to my dressing room, and they were in my dressing room. And I had these Queen posters on the wall, and I wanted them to sign them. And Brian May standing there with, and they were working on on the sound, right? And he had, you know, he has his long hair. Mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, Evan, Evan, um, we just want to apologize to you for the sound. We we just we're, we're so we're so you know we're so shocked at how low it is, and we want to. And I was standing there going, Why is Brian May apologizing to me? <laughs> I was like, No, it's fine, it's fine. But apparently, um, you know, they, they had to crank the sound when they came, but because, you know, they're, they're rock musicians, right? So their, their hearing, I think, is probably shot. So they, as soon as they left, they had to turn it back down because the patrons were complaining that it was too loud. But uh, it was a great time, great, great cast and beautiful music. And yeah, it was just time to go when I left. I haven't seen it. Pulitzer Prize winning script, my friend, let me tell you. <laughs> the records. The scripts are very important. Yeah. I, although I love, you know, not to make fun of Ben Alton, because I love Black Adder. He wrote the Black Adder series, and, you know, he's a, he's a genius in his own right. It's just, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just, there's there's so much um, in, in this field. There's so many... Um, experiences that will be really rewarding and mm -hmm. really like not rewarding. So, like, what would you say is maybe one of the most rewarding things you've done, or, or a few things uh, that are really rewarding? At the Shaw Festival, certainly Journey's End, the RC Sheriff's play about World War One. It was just—it was my favorite play, and I just loved doing it and really sunk into the world of war and alcoholism and whatever else it was uh, and camaraderie. And, so that, uh, uh, at Stratford, the most fun I had was playing uh, Titania in Midsummer's Dream. Uh, had a great time doing that. Um, I, I, it's, it's, I, I love every experience that I have now. You know, it's, it's kind of, um, I try to find the, the, uh, the positive side of it, I guess. Um, but in terms of that, yeah, those two shows. Uh, also, Chicago. I worked in Chicago. I did Macbeth there. And had a great time just being in Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
you know, great town. There. And do you, uh, do you deliberately take these periodic breaks from Stratford? Or? Yeah, I like to keep moving around. I, I don't think staying in one place as an artist is particularly advantageous. Mm -hmm. And also, I just, I like exploring new, uh, new places and being able to, yeah, yeah work with different people. It, it really expands your, your craft. Yeah, making new connections. There's so there's so many people out there who like know things that you'll only know if you meet them. And Absolutely. also audiences too. Like there's some people who will never end up at Stratford, so no. they'll never, you know. So it's good or and you know, um, so that must be exciting. To, like it's great to it's great to be in that kind of professional setting and mm -hmm. have, have that kind of support. But uh, you know, I I personally like to go to. Um, the tiny theaters, Peter Passmerize, small stage. Yeah, I liked when Video Fag was running in Kensington. Mm. Places like that. There, you know. Yeah, one of the most interesting pieces I ever saw was in in the Czech Republic. I went to a puppet show, mm -hmm. and it was a it was a student matinee. It was mm -hmm. all little children and me and the teachers. And I kind of was like, I said, "Can I can I come in and watch the show?" They're like, "Sure." I went in and sat down. And it was the most terrifying puppet show. I, it was marionettes, right? And it was puppets and it are was terrifying. Like, it was the devil came and stole the children and murdered them and ate them and like it was the most terrifying thing. I and, and the kids were like, the, it did, had no effect on them whatsoever. I was thinking if this was in North America, this theater would be shut down. Like the parents would revolt over this. But these kids, like, well, it's part of the culture still, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, that occurred to me in the. In the Del Toro show, we have lots of puppets, and, yeah. and it was just in the Victorian era that was just part of the culture. Yeah, it was just part of theater, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, puppets and masks have yeah. become very scary things. Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. but like they're also essential. They're creepy, theater. like in you know Eyes Wide Shut, you know the masks and so on. It's just yeah. it's just creepy. That's it, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's fascinating, and uh, I'm I'm. Uh, that you know, seeing all those puppets kind of got me interested in puppets and, and Pinocchio, and, which is a very uh, super terrifying, yeah, uh, uh, unbelievably terrifying story. The, uh, the even Pinocchio. even, even the, the Disney one, but is the original terrifying. is like is is so violent and uh, oh, yeah. and bizarre. It's so uh, you know. Anyway, no, we, it's Disney's fault. Disney destroyed the fairy tales for us. They. They sanitize. Even well, for themselves. Well, yeah. it, 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 you know, my... It's a real hate on for Disney. No, Del Toro's argument is that um, they they didn't at first, and so so that's why they're featured in the show there, because if you look at, you know, Snow White and mm. Pinocchio and all that, they still, they said bad things still happen to children. As long as bad things are happening to children, you're in your, you're still in your classic fairy tale. Yeah, in Snow White, yeah. she's still going to cut out her heart and put it in a box. Right. And the so. parents, yeah, and the parents are still always like off, you know, in early and all that. But it's really in my generation, uh, when with the Aristocats and the Hundred and One Dalmatians and all that, that everything starts working out in the end. Yeah, yeah. I love those films, but but they don't have the kind of edge, you know. On the other hand, even with Frozen, starts off with a major catastrophe, right? Both parents dying. Yeah, yeah, in the ship, and yeah. And I hate it. So I, okay. I, I couldn't even get through Frozen. I I, I turned it off after like forty five minutes. No, but 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 there's I had to rethink it just to you know 
because I had to kind of, I had to have a, you know, think through Disney. You Disney know what? Well, the first 45 minutes of Frozen are the good part. So there's I, no I music. I love Frozen. I saw Frozen three times in theaters. But, uh, yeah. So. No, they dread. But yeah. I also understand where you're coming from. And here's the issue with Frozen for me. The music stops halfway through the movie, and then it's an action film. And you're like, well, I didn't sign up for this. Mm. So that's what that's what I have. There's like, yeah. So I'm intrigued about the Broadway show. I don't know. Well, that's what I would say. That's what I dread now. It's like, um, it'll be a whole new cycle, and we're just gonna hear that song over and over again. It's just, it's not. It's just. No, it's, absolutely. It's, it's popular. I don't quite get it, obviously, but. Um, but there's a well, and Canada has now become will now become the place for musicals to be born because you can't produce anything new in New York. Mm-hmm. Disney has made sure of that, and you know where where's the next song I'm going to come to? Mm-hmm. They, they have to come to a place where it's affordable, mm-hmm. like Comfortable Way and like uh, Britta Johnson doing Life After. It, mm-hmm. it, there's just no. You go down there and you're like, oh my God, Disney everywhere. Well, and that's what's so, but that's what's so great though about like I think that you're you're right. Like Canada is becoming this hub for yeah. theater, and Out of the city, we might be a little Edmonton. bit biased because we live here, but I, yeah. I I can see it. Yeah, it's affordable. I mean, why you know if the film industry is coming here yeah. and they're moving everything here, then why not the musical theater? No, we have great writers. God, Britta Johnson's insane. I didn't get to see Life After. But oh my God. It's so good. You'd love it. You didn't see it? No, I saw Onyegin, but yeah, I, d- I didn't have time to see Life After. Um, well, it'll be, it'll be back. It'll be uh, back. Make sure you get a so. ticket. Cause Same thing happened with Come From Away for me. I'm seeing it this year. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. But I'm very excited. I've um, seen Come From Away three times. I saw the Sheridan students do it. Yeah. And then I saw it in Canada, and then I saw it in New York last week. Last week? couple weeks ago. Oh, it was workshop. It was one of those Sheridan workshops. It was, yeah, yeah. one of the first um, CMTPs. Yeah. It's um, great. So as we near the end, I have like just like fun questions that I do at the end. They're like super casual and super fun. Okay. <laughs> super fun for who? Um, no, <laughs> for they're whom? fun. Um, so they're just like, they're just like, uh, just little quickies. Um, okay. So... Do you have um, a miscast dream role? This is a question I find really interesting. Like a role you would love to play, but you know you probably wouldn't get the chance to. Um, wouldn't or shouldn't. Yes, I really want to play Lady Bracknell in The Importance of Being Earnest. Okay. I could play that at some point. You've played Titania in Midsummer yeah, Dream, totally. so you've kind of... And Brian Bedford oh, played it, and Bill Hutt played it. Lots of lots of men play it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think it's brilliant. It's a beautiful role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what's your favorite musical ever? God, that's terrible. That's a terrible question. Um, I guess. I guess Sunday in the Park with George. Sunday in the Park with George. Yeah, it has to be. I mean. We are together. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. Well, yeah. Sunday in the Park with George, Merrily We Roll Along. Yeah. They're good choices. Sunday yeah. in the Park with George is my second favorite musical. I have a list of top ten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite play? Um, my favorite play is 
Macbeth. Great. I just nodded my head <laughs> in yeah. agreement. Um, the Kurosawa version of that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my favorite Shakespeare is King Lear, and I saw you in that. Oh my gosh, King Lear. Her. Also love the Kurosawa version. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> but, yeah, I love King Lear. I did a version of King Lear when I was 11. That might be why I like it so much. Oh, really? <laughs> Who'd you play? Uh, we did this, like, it was, like, at a camp, and mm -hmm. we did, like, truncated, like, just some scenes from okay. it. And so we we all, like, wore black and, like, changed costumes. So I did Cordelia. I did one scene as Cordelia, one scene as... Um, Reagan, yeah, I think I only did those two. But, okay. Yeah. Did they cross genders, some of some of those? Or? We did. We did a lot. We did, well, yeah, there were only, like, three boys in the camp. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we had lots of girls playing uh, Lear, actually. Oh, that's which fun. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Edgar. Hmm. Um... What did you sing in your very first musical theater audition? Happy birthday. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and I already did this one. Uh, I usually ask, if there's a musical of your life, uh, what genre would it be? And we kind of talked about the musical of your life. Musical of my life. Did we talk about the musical of your uh, life? Well, I, I just it? said your 30, 30 second life story. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what, what I called it. I feel like it was... What do, you, what do you mean by genre? Genre, like, is it Golden Age? Is it a weird William Finn 80s show? Is it contemporary rock? I don't know. American history. American history rap. Gosh. I think it would be, I think it would be a chamber musical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a very small sort of intimate piece with, like, four instruments and a couple actors and no costumes. No costumes. <laughs> naked or like all No, 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 not <laughs> naked. Not naked, but like, yeah, just like a couple of chairs. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Adam Gettle should get on that. Absolutely. And have a little musical about your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So these are my last two. I ask everyone these questions. Okay. Has anything ever gone terribly wrong during a show? Just something... Yeah, um, once during Lord of the Rings, um, well, a lot of things went terribly wrong during Lord of the Rings, but the stage was had three revolves, four revolves, and a centerpiece that went up and down. It was like a, like a wedding cake almost that wow. kind of went up like this, and, and it would go, and, it, and then 17 elevators that went up and down all over it. And once during uh, one of the battles, it was me, <clears throat> a couple of elves fighting probably 30 orcs, so we're running around, hitting them, jumping from elevator to elevator to elevator. And then all of a sudden the stage starts like, it, it had a trigger system. So if it started to go wrong, it would flatten. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and this was before we made a rule that if it started to flatten, get off the stage. So it started to flatten and I stayed on and all the orcs started to scatter off the stage. And I grabbed one by the back of his, by the back of his costume. And I leaned in and I went, stay here. And I, and I threw him in front of me. Everyone else had left the stage, and I just started hitting him with my sword, right? And he was blocking it, not like trying to purposely kill him, but just so I wasn't left on stage by myself. So I'm whacking at him with my sword, and he's blocking them, and I could see the look in his eyes of like, what the fuck are we doing? And I'm like hitting him and hitting him. 
and then then finally he runs off the stage and and I and at this point Gandalf is supposed to come up through the center of the stage but he wasn't coming so I dropped to my knees and I just went Gandalf and screamed at the top of my lungs and finally Brent Carver came up to the center of the stage as Gandalf but the wind was blowing his wig and his beard so much it was all in his face so he was just all he was doing was trying to get his beard and oh my god this is a disaster it was terrible Oh, yeah. I love those stories so much. Yeah. And orcs would fall into the audience all the time. Shit would get kicked into the audience. I was like, yeah, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Those are the best. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And did something ever go wrong, but in the end it was really good that it went wrong? Like, sometimes something goes wrong and then you save it, you know? Like, was there any moment like that? I guess that was kind of like that. You saved yeah. it. Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, lots of, lots of things go wrong all the time, right? You just have to be on top of... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that one's always a little bit harder, but I like to, I like to see if it, if there is one. I, I like to ask those questions just because that's I'm kind of... I'm trying to understand the question. It's, it's like, it's like something goes wrong, but then it ends up being really good that it went wrong. It's a very specific instance, but I find it happens more than you think. Yeah. Um, I should really have an example of my own <laughs> that I could use with that. Um, but I don't know. I, I throw it away sometimes in case. Yeah. But um, I just like to ask those questions because um, I think that that's one of my favorite things about theater and why I like theater so much is that things go wrong. Yeah. Because it's, it's makes it, it gives you that, the audience, that kind of connection, which yeah. is like, these are real people. It's happening right here, right now in front of you. It's very immediate. I yeah. just love that. We'll see uh, Jordan Tannehill's argument, right? In yes. The it's because I read book. his. wrote a great book about how that's what theater is supposed to be like. Yeah. And we. Why it's exciting. It's evolved to a point where nothing can go, go wrong. Yeah. Um, which makes. Harping it, back to our discussion of Disney right right Disney and, and so um, and so it's, it's just predictable and boring and it doesn't yeah. have the, the danger that, that sh, you know the theater tradition has. I, I, th I think I do have one then right opening night of uh, long day's journey into night at Soul Pepper I was playing Jamie we saw you. We saw that. Oh, you yeah. see it? Were you at the opening? Uh, not the opening. Oh, okay. We saw that. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the opening, like, if I, I, you know, in the second act, Jamie comes back really drunk. And mm -hmm. most, a lot of the time they say, don't play drunk, right? But I was like, no, I'm going to totally play drunk. Because I've seen, I've been that guy. I've seen those guys where You've it's been like, drunk? yeah, I've been drunk once or twice. <laughs> but like that sort of, that when, when that person goes to a different place, right? Like, you literally are not there anymore. And it's, yeah. Yeah, and I've been like the shakes or whatever, and people are like, well, no, don't play that, you know, just play the, I'm like, no, like, this is a play about addiction and alcoholism, like, it's so, so I, I came in, and it's sort of, he's coming in, and he's singing this song, and he's got the hat, and he's drunk, and he's like, blah, 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 and I came in upstage, and I was supposed to enter through the doorway, and my sleeve got caught on the curtain upstage of the thing. And like really caught, like buttons, everything got twisted up into some like doily lacy curtain. So I'm like, oh no, and I'm drunk. So I'm trying, so I struggled with this thing, drunk. And and like the audience was like killing themselves as I'm trying to like pull myself free of this thing as this drunk asshole, basically. And it was, 
it was fabulous. Like it just launched me into the scene, right? Eventually, I think I just ripped the thing down. That is exactly what I'm talking. About. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's and it could never be replicated. No, mm-hmm. no. And that, you're right. It is a beautiful thing in theater. You can never, you shouldn't replicate these things. I think it's my favorite part about it. Yeah. It's so like there's such a. I think it's the connection. Yeah. Oh wait, just, I have one more story that's please. even better. Okay, so we're doing this terrible show called The King of Thieves at Stratford, and Sean Cullen is there. Do you know who Sean Cullen is, the mm-hmm. comedian? So he plays the MC, and I'm like this guy Masterson kind of guy. I mean, the show starts off with him like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kit Kat Club. And, and this is what's, this guy over here, this is this guy, and that girl, and that's Sean Cullen's job, right? So the show starts off, and then all of a sudden, the lights go out. And we're like, what the hell? And then all the lights come on. And I'm standing there sort of in, 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 in a freeze and, and uh, nothing's happening. There's no sound. All the lights are up, like the house lights, everything is finally Sean Collins standing there kind of going like, ah, and making stuff up. He's a comedian. And uh, our stage manager comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry. We've had a power outage. Um, we'll, we'll get back to you as soon as, as, soon as this uh, gets resolved. And Sean Cullen just goes, all right, and so he goes over and grabs the mic and he sets it up at, at, at center stage and he does stand up for 25 minutes. Oh my gosh! Well, we're I'm standing there in I'm standing there in tableau, just like standing leaning against this thing, <laughs> crying with laughter. And he goes and he just goes around, and starts talking to the audience and like making all this. It was absolute genius. That's the best. Yeah, and it's on YouTube. Uh, I've got it somewhere. Wow. Yeah. No, and anyway, you want to just... like like that's yeah. That could be in the show, though. It could have totally happened. It was way better than the show. <laughs> the show was not good. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The rest of the show was a complete letdown. Went the horribly came right. Back up. <laughs> yeah. That's an amazing story to end on. Thank you so much no, for joining you. us. Um, is there any any projects coming up that you want to plug? Uh, I'm doing Fun Home in uh, the spring. Uh, the CAA theater it's called now it used to be the Panasonic oh yeah 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 that's brand new yeah that so, is so fun you're I'm the father, the father yeah. Yeah. yeah we love fun we love fun home oh I know you everyone goes see fun home eh? yeah yeah it's a real, <laughs> oh my real gosh. everyone's like oh that'll be fun I'm like yeah I, I would... don't know if you know fun home <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun but it's like oh it's a tasty time yeah yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. That's very exciting. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, um, my pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next time on Opening Doors.